Welcome to episode 22 of the True Shoots Podcast. As always, I am Dan Aquino, and I would like to welcome back James Boisitz, host of the JB Podcast, back to True Shoots. Love love being on this show, man. Love it. It's awesome. Look forward to it all the time. Yep. So a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, trade rumors are ramping back up with how the Cavaliers' season is going so far and with the injury news to Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. They're both going to be out for quite some time. Given the Cavs' injuries and their lackluster start, I think it makes sense that they explore trading Donovan Mitchell, given that he has shown an unwillingness to commit to them long-term, and he's going to be a free agent in 2025, and everyone knows how much he likes being in New York. You know, he wanted to be in New York when he requested a trade from Utah, and New York obviously is in the market for a superstar caliber player. So should the Cavs explore trading Donovan Mitchell, given what's going on with them so far this season? I think they have to. It's inevitable that this team just doesn't work together. Um, I think the Cavs have to make some serious changes. I think Garland and Mobley are good building blocks, but I think the Allen Mobley fit, it's just it just doesn't work. Mobley needs Mobley doesn't space the floor well enough. I would have liked to have seen him improve to be a bit more of a floor spacer, but he doesn't space the floor enough for that Cavs uh size to be a real threat. It's just really clunky. Um you know, it's not like in Minnesota with Towns and Gobert or in Boston for years, you know, with Horford and Porzingis. Like, it's not like that. So it's – it's, and Mitchell is older. Like, he doesn't really fit the timeline of Garland necessarily that much um, or Mobley. Um, they also, because they traded for Mitchell, their depth, like, is a real issue. They have, like – five maybe six good players i'll give you karis maybe off the bench um but like if you think about it if you include mitchell so it's like garland mitchell max Struess has been good for them this year um mobley allen and what karis am i forgetting anybody off the bench george niang i don't think isaac okoro like i you know it's just a weak roster it's relatively thin bickerstaff's not a coach i'm in love with um and i just think it's it's the right thing to do um cuz i think the team structure as a whole is massively flawed and i think we you know when they first made this trade for mitchell we still thought like like mitchell has taken a team to be the best team in a conference he's done that and he's done that with rudy gobert defensively at center they had jaron allen they had good size mobley can defend like there wasn't like this we weren't worried about the small backcourt because of the size and the paint. Um, but we also expected Mobley to be better than what he has been. And Garland, honestly, turns the ball over too much for my liking. And considering that they're not a great defensive backcourt and they don't have the necessary depth or the coaching that I really respect, the Cavs find themselves in a situation right now. And we've talked about it in the past. Like, Cleveland had to win this year. They had to at least go to the second round of the playoffs, minimum, and th- it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And especially with the injuries now that they're facing, it's going to be tough to win games. Yeah, I think you make a good point with Mobley and Garland. They're a little younger than Donovan Mitchell. I think the idea was that if Garland and Mobley continued to improve, that the team, along with acquiring Mitchell, they could 
reached that level in the Eastern Conference. But Garland has kind of been the same player he was when he made the All-Star team a few seasons ago. Mobley, I just I was just looking at his stats while you were talking. His stats have been pretty much the same since his rookie season. So then yeah. we haven't seen that in you know that improvement from them to continue to carry that team to be better. And with you know teams in the East getting better, Milwaukee, Boston, Orlando out of nowhere, even Philly has been pretty dominant so far uh, with the way Joel Embiid is playing. They have had so much trouble. It doesn't make sense for them, I think, to hold on to Mitchell, especially if he's going to leave. And, of course, there's a bunch of teams, I think, that would line up to get him. I think the Knicks, obviously, is one. The Thunder have the assets if they wanted to acquire him. The Nets, we've talked about, uh, could also make a pretty good deal. I think the Heat would also be interested. And maybe even the Lakers, the Sixers, uh, would also be interested. And I think the Thunder and the Nets can offer the best deal. The Thunder have just a ridiculous amount of draft picks, whether from the Clippers or from the Rockets. And then you have the Nets who have the Suns picks and you've, you're very high on those Suns picks because the Suns kind of, you know, they're in their own mess of their own and they don't look like they're going to have a long sustained success. So those picks in the future will be very valuable. Uh, But I do think the Knicks are obviously the most desired spot. Uh, I guess Brooklyn will kind of be the same, you know, still, still in New York. uh, But I think he's had some affinity for the Knicks for whatever reason. Uh, I was just exploring what a Knicks trade could look like. I think RJ would definitely have to go. Uh, and then you kind of take a combination of, you know, maybe Josh Hart, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, Fournier, and then you have to throw in a couple first rounders. And I think that would be good for the Knicks. It allows them to hold on to Randall, to Brunson, hopefully to Mitch, and it still gives them flexibility to student move, uh, make a move for a top-tier superstar in the future, whether it be Embiid or someone of that caliber. Yeah, I mean, listen, I we were texting last night, the Knicks move – is something that war- I've been warmed up to now. Cause when they were originally in the rumors for Mitchell, I was kind of like, all right, small backcourt, you know, I don't know how, you know, and they're also dealing with Danny Ainge. They're not dealing with Danny Ainge anymore. They're dealing with Colby Altman. But I think the thing that with the Knicks is that they're clearly hungry to trade for a star at this point. They made that very clear mm-hmm. and trading for Mitchell I think would shush the criticism or the heat on them as a franchise for the moment because he is an all-star and he would be their best player. I know Jalen Brunson dropped 50 the other day. I know Jalen Brunson outplayed Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs last year. Um, But I think you can agree Donovan Mitchell is a better player uh, than Brunson. Yeah, uh, for sure. Even though, but but Brunson is still obviously like it's not like way off. It's oh, just yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those two together could still be very powerful. And the key there is going to be Mitchell Robinson, which we talked to we talked about through text. The problem is is can Mitchell Robinson stay healthy for an 82 game season? He kind of hasn't. He's been he's had an injury history, um, and he's going to be out for a while. And I'm not sure if you're relying on uh, Jericho Sims and uh, Isaiah Hartenstein and, uh, you know, uh, Taj Gibson. Uh, But (laughs) but I think for and just to quickly as a side note, Cleveland trading for Donovan Mitchell is going to be a mistake because we're going to look at it as a mistake because it didn't really go anywhere with it. But, you know, I think it was a risk worth taking. Um, they didn't think Laurie Markinen was going to be the player he was in Utah that he's been. Um, and Donovan Mitchell is a really good player. And sometimes you bet on a timeline too early 
Minnesota has done that with Rudy Gobert. It's working right now. Didn't look like it was going to work last year, but it's working. Cleveland has had some bad luck. Like Mobley hasn't developed the player that you want him to be yet. Same with Garland, I think, too. And that's why they're in that situation. But as far as the Knicks goes, I think you're right. I think, to me, the trade is Barrett, Grimes, and a couple picks. Because I honestly think, like, a lot of teams may be interested in Mitchell. But I think his favoritism is going to matter here. Like, I don't think he's going to want to go to Orlando, even though he makes a lot of sense there. Um, I don't think he's going to go to Oklahoma City, even though he makes a lot of sense there. I mean, maybe Presty does what he did with Paul George and he trades for him anyway. And who knows, especially with the whole Giddy situation, it's kind of like, what the heck do they do now? Do they get Donovan Mitchell in there, get some more shooting and shot creation? But I look at it from that perspective, and I just think that the three teams are the Heat, the Nets and the Knicks. And I refuse to take the Miami Heat seriously because they're very stingy on every trade ever. And I called that months ago. Damian Lillard was theirs and they somehow did not get him. Like somehow just didn't get him because they yeah. weren't willing to give up freaking, uh, what's it, uh, Jovic? <laughs> and who's not even playing for them. Exactly. So I, I look at that stuff. I refuse to take the Heat seriously in any trade. And I think it's just going to come down to the Nets and the Knicks. And I think it's going to come down to which team wants him more. And I honestly, today, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, you're right. Because if I'm Cleveland, I want those Suns picks and I want Cam Thomas. Because Cam Thomas fits my window. He's cheaper. And he's putting up 24 points per game right now. He just dropped 40 against the Warriors last night. Young guy, Mitchell, Cam, Thomas on the same team together is weird. So mm-hmm. it's like Mitchell also has Brooklyn as a, as a, but it's up to the Nets. Like, do they want to trade again and give up picks and draft capital that honestly look really good right now? And who knows how much they would have to give up? I, I think it would be no more than three. And I think even like a protection would be put on them. Same with the Knicks. I don't think the Knicks would give up more than three draft picks. And I think Barrett and Grimes is like, all right. You know, that's an all right return. Um, Because I don't think they want Randall or anything. But I think the Cavs are going to look at the Nets specifically. And they're like, okay, Mitchell will probably want to go to that team. And those draft picks we want. But do the Nets want to trade those draft picks? And honestly, I don't think they do. Big key in that. Yeah. Um. Those graphics, I mean, they could be really, really good considering just what happens to the Suns in the next couple of seasons, mm-hmm. given that they really have no plan going forward. Uh, yeah. Honestly, Dan, like, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think I would be more comfortable trading our own draft picks in like 28 and 29 and 27 than those Suns picks. That's how valuable I think those Suns picks are. And I know no one's really talking about it, but... <laughs> Phoenix is going through some stuff right now and they have no option to get better. Like no way to get better. And they're old. Just saying, man. Yeah. I think ultimately it'll come down to who wants to make the move more. You mm-hmm. know, if yeah. then if the Nets have to part with Suns picks and Cam Thomas or one yeah. or the other, that would be mm-hmm. very hard, I think, for them just because yeah. of how the upside that Cam Thomas has. I know I'm not sure a lot of Nets fans see it as that way. They think he's just a good player. He can score. But, I mean, he's clearly one of your best players, and all nights he is your best player. Honestly, here's the thing. The, I hate to be this dude who's annoying, but it's true. 
the people who don't know what they're talking about think Cam Thomas is a six man on this team. And he's dropped 40, 30 too many times to be labeled as that. Mm-hmm. He's by far the best scorer on this team. You just saw that. If you watched the Nets-Warriors game last night, Mikel Bridges was awful. He was 6 for 17, missed the easy gimme layup at the end. Yeah. Um, I don't mind going to him at the end there because he's actually been a pretty clutch player this year. But Thomas, the way just watch him play basketball. I understand Mikel Bridges plays defense. I'm not trying to turn this into a Nets thing because this relates to the Cavs. Cam Thomas' star-level scoring ability and the fact that he's so young, like, if I'm Cleveland, that's who I'm going after. And we'll see. But um, if I'm Sean Marks, I'm – I don't know. Like, I, I'm very torn about this as a Nets fan, specifically with Mitchell. Um, I think it – I think it's going to come down to, like, if the Knicks offer – let's say the Knicks offer three firsts and then maybe one swap or one protected. Like, I don't think the Nets outbid. I think the Nets let that trade happen, and I think he goes – he's a Nick at that point. Yeah. Be very interesting to monitor that as we get closer. The trade deadlines away in February, but we already have yeah. all this stuff going on. Now to another name that is reportedly being shopped, Laurie Markinen mm-hmm. for the Utah Jazz. Now, Utah is not they're rebuilding, clearly. Um, you know, they just not a good not a very good team clearly if you look at their roster Taylor Horn Tucker Colin Sexton Clarkson that's kind of who the guys they're re- uh, relying on but Laura Markkinen yeah. is fantastic mm-hmm. and I think there's a lot of teams especially in the Western Conference that could look to acquire Laurie Markkinen I mean he's 25 points per game last season when he won the most improved he is a player that I think could really raise a lot of players a lot of uh, teams uh, ceiling and make them into a contender a lot of teams some of them similar that we named for donovan mitchell uh the kings though i think are one team that's very interesting if they choose to try and move for laurie marketing so now should utah consider this you know rebuilding team i think they should try and get some picks laurie marketing obviously does not fit their timeline at all because he is a player now they need players for the future so who would uh sacramento give up in that marketing deal that's a good question. Keegan Murray is the name that's come up, and I know he just had a game last night. Would uh, you give up Keegan Murray right now for Laurie Markkinen? I mean, I feel like Laurie Markkinen yeah. has a ceiling. Keegan Murray's in his second year, and he's he just dropped 40. Was it 48 last night? 47. With 47 around that? Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. It was actually um, against the Jazz, actually. Literally, they yeah, played each yeah, other. I don't, I, I don't know about that, um, but – he does fit like I understand it. Like he seems like a very Sacramento Kings player. Uh, I know Nets fans really want Lauren Markkinen. Um, they already have Cam Johnson. So it's kind of like, and Dorian Finney Smith, mm-hmm. who I think are very valuable to this team. Um, so I don't, uh, I don't really see it there. I know Knicks fans want Lauren Markkinen. Um, I'm not sure they would take Julius Randle uh, for him. Although if, Utah, like, I think the only way Utah would do that is if they think, like, okay, we can get two firsts from the Knicks and Julius Randle. Let's just do it. Like, we'll take Julius Randle. We'll deal with him, I guess. But that would be some sort of three-way, similar to, like, kind of the Westbrook thing was done last year. Uh, Like, you know, Utah just kind of got picks and whatever, you know, and then just kind of doing that three-way. I... I, I wonder, like, I, I honestly like him in, like, oddly enough, like, Cleveland. I think, like, he'd be, like, can you imagine him there. in Mobile? Like, he was just there, 
and I don't, and the Cleveland wouldn't trade for him. But can you think? Of, can you just think of like, all right, Laurie Markkinen with Evan Mobley, like it spaces the floor. It it's yeah. a much better fit yeah, than Mobley is. and Allen. And like, you got to be sh- like kicking yourself as a Cavs fan. Like, wow, like we could have could have that. What do you think about his fit with the Pacers? I actually wrote that down. That I think that's a team that would be very interesting because they're also, I think, Woj reported during the in-season tournament that they're looking to maybe add someone to try and really yeah. see how far they can go this season. Uh, I think they were really uh, motivated by the performance they put in the in-season tournament, even if, even though in a losing effort uh, in the finals. Laurie Markkinen in that fast-paced offense, I think is really good. You know, mm-hmm. the problem I think with the Pacers is, though is that they have no defense. Uh, he's definitely yeah. an upgrade from Obi Toppin. You know, and and I like Obi Toppin, but he's just they get killed by power forwards literally every game they play. Miles Turner as well. Laurie Markkinen, decent defender, not known for defense, but I think he provides a bigger body down low, and then he gives them obviously the floor spacing and shooting, all the offense. I think it's an interesting acquire, and they have a lot of guys, you know, on their bench that they can kind of trade. But it doesn't make them, I think, you know, as you know, as good as Philly or that upper echelon of the East because they just don't play defense. I think that's their ultimate problem. Uh, but mm-hmm. I do think that would be an interesting uh, fit to put Laurie Markin in there and upgrade there. I also, I also thought Dallas, I think, could use him. Yeah, Golden, Golden State could definitely use him. I think there's a lot. Philly of teams, could use him. Yeah, I don't. Philly, I, Philly's weird. Philly can make a trade, but I'm not yeah. really sure who exactly they would want. You, know, you see, because we talked about Philly in yeah. uh, my contenders pod, and we mentioned that they're just missing a little something. Yeah. And I just, I just, I'm, I'm imagining Laurie Markinen with Nick Nurse, spaces the floor, doesn't need the ball. You know, it, it would provide Embiid with that spacing that's really nice. And I don't know, I think that's a fine fit. And he would be, you know, he's obviously an all star uh, last year, would be another big addition. Uh, for Philly, um, but I, I was just trying to think of some other teams, um, you know, that would be kind of realistic for him. I mean, I thought of Detroit of just being like, just, just not be so bad. Like, let's get another <laughs> good player in here because there was that rumor that they were interested in OG and Anobi and Tobias Harris. So maybe they go to Danny Ainge like, hey, we'll just give you like three first, one protected. And we'll give you and and just give us Laurie Markin and um and yeah <laughs> like I, we're gonna build it around Cade and Laurie Markin. I mean, at this point, Detroit on the board. Yeah, but Detroit should consider mean, anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're gonna talk about Detroit on mine, but well, I have a lot to say there. But those are the, just the teams I thought of. Um, as far as the West goes, I mean, Sacramento makes sense. I just think with Keegan Murray there, I don't know if I'd do that. Um, I think it'd be think, too early to to yeah to Keegan Murray's in his, what, his second year, like yeah you just, you're not after what you just saw last night you're not sure how good this kid can be yet. If you trade mm-hmm. him away, you know you never know if you're training away someone that could be an all star later mm-hmm. in in his career. Houston's got a good thing going. Um, I don't think you mess with what they're doing. Um, uh, New Orleans has Zion. You know, I mean, unless they want to trade Zion, I don't. I mean, you know what I mean, uh, Phoenix has nothing to trade. Um, what about here's here's another one I want to talk about was uh, Golden State. Yeah, yeah, I had them run down. Yeah, uh, 
they got to do something, I think. That's what I'm saying. So it's kind of like if Steph Curry, like if you want to capitalize on this window and you want to make a shakeup, plus, listen, Draymond is very, this is what makes the Draymond, and I know we're going to get to it later, but it makes the Draymond thing so complicated. It's like he really makes Steph Curry work. Like he's so valuable for Steph's Mm improvement. Like Steph does not play the same uh, without Draymond. So maybe the move is you kind of take all your older, you know, and younger pieces and try to, and some picks and you try to make a Laurie marketing deal. And that would make you a little bigger. Wouldn't necessarily make you better defensively, but you're at least bigger. Right. Yeah. So I thought about that. And they, like I said, they need to shake up. They got a win last night over my nets, which was tough, but you know, um, they're 11 and 14 and they're like, by they, they feel out of the plan and the playoffs like right now, like Houston's playing really good ball. It's Phoenix has been like not even close to what they can be capable of. And they're 10. So like, yeah, I think it's, it's like very clear. I think the Warriors have, they're going to have to make some really tough decisions because Mm -hmm. obviously, you know, they've had this core together for so long and, you know, you have all this history, all this winning history, and you mentioned they beat the Nets last night. I, I saw like the end of it, and I watched like the highlights. So you saw Bridges uh, miss that bunny? Yeah, I did. I was Oof. like, man, that's tough. tough, tough, tough. But I mean, Cam Thomas was great, and I left him off my parlay like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but with everything like going on with Draymond Green, he's suspended indefinitely after mm-hmm. uh, punching Nurkic. Um, and then Clay, he has good games and he has really bad games and he's going to be a free agent and he's going to want a contract. And I just don't think the Warriors should give it to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, I just, it just doesn't make any sense. So they got to decide what they're going to do. I think marketing could be something they explore and yeah. no one knows what the hell's going on with Andrew Wiggins. Like what happened to yeah. him? Yeah. Like, I know. And they're bringing him off the bench now. I'm not I mean, shocked. Not shocked. I knew bad, not though? to buy any Wiggins stock. I'm not gonna lie. I, I he had a really good year in one of the finals. Credit to him. I do not like. I it is not shocking to me. All right, I got my championship. Did my job. Now I'm gonna just cool. I'm gonna I'm contract. cool with just staying. Yeah, Man. that's Andrew Wiggins to me. Um, you, you mentioned uh, Dallas. To me, someone like a Jeremy Grant fits them better. Because of his defensive ability, yeah. I know that contract is crazy, but Dallas doesn't get free agents anyway. Um, Kyrie is probably the best player they could get in like a free agency thing. So you got your second guy. Dallas is winning; they're playing really well. Mostly, obviously, Kyrie's hurt right now, but like Luca's, like I said, what Luca's doing right now is insane. He's got to be an MVP candidate for sure. Uh, and 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 honestly, he might be the leading candidate for me. Um, he's been that. Like the fact that Dallas is sixteen and nine with that team is all him, and I think you got to give Kid credit. I've never Jason Kidd is the weirdest coach of all time. I swear to God, man. Like he has moments where you're like, "Wow, this guy could coach," and then you have moments where he was just like, "Dude, exactly." Are you a Hall of Famer? Like I don't get it. But um, yeah. I mean, I think I like Jeremy Grant more for them. Although marketing would be interesting, I just think Jeremy Grant would help their defense better. Um, but. And he could space the floor and provide another scoring threat. He's played a supporting role before. Um, but yeah, um, that's what I would say. I think if you're trying to win now, we're looking at Golden State and Indiana, I think is probably the ones I would look at the most. Yeah. The Dallas is starting Dante Exum. 
who was out of the league for two years. Yeah, you know, give him credit. He's playing all right. Like he's, but he looks a little chunky. I don't know why he <laughs> is. It me? He looks chunkier than his rookie self, which I understand. Well, he was, he was, he was pretty young, right? He was probably like he was very, very young. Um, yeah. good for him. I know he's dealt with some injuries. I've completely took him off the radar, but he's been like solid for them. Yeah. They had to, they were desperate, man. They had to scratch and claw to find some people. They've done a pretty good job. Yeah. Luca, I mean, it's crazy. He had a 40 point triple double, I think, last night against Portland. Mm. Uh, and it's, I find it interesting. He was having a good season the whole time. But as soon as Kyrie went down, the usage goes up and now the numbers just shoot up to crazy. It's the Kyrie Luca kind of fit has always been weird. And, you know, there's times when I'm watching them and Kyrie's kind of just out there and you kind of forget he's out there mm. and you kind of have to like designate possessions where you're like, all right, I'm going to kick it to Kyrie, let him cook. And he's had great games for them. My worry, though, with Dallas, I think just because of this roster, it's all Luka or nothing. I mean, if Luka has a bad game, they only won- he had a 40-point triple-double last night against Portland, who's tanking. They won by 11. Yeah. They gave up 120 points. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that Houston team with Chris Paul and Harden just not as good. That's just what it reminds me of. It's just like you have Luka, an MVP-type player, Kyrie's basically like their Chris Paul, only a more talented scorer. And then everyone else is kind of like not as good versions of that Houston depth. Like that Houston depth, they had, right, they had Ariza, they had Eric Gordon. Like they got guys that could shoot and defend. Uh, Capella in the paint. Like this team has Derek Lively, Grant Williams, you know, like they're just not as good. DeMar Wood Jr. Yeah. But also, I mean, is the West as top heavy as it was at that point with Golden State? No, it's in not. the picture. So maybe Dallas can make some noise. Uh, I'm still sticking with my original prediction. It's still early. I know that missing the plan is a little much, but I just don't think it's sustainable. And I don't think that's not winning basketball. I just, no team has won like that. To get back to the Warriors real fast, do you. The Warriors, I think they have to do something. Do you think they move Clay Thompson? Because you either give him a huge contract, which is just going to – it's going to be terrible because he's obviously not the player he used to be. He he turned down a two-year, $48 million extension, so he obviously wants something longer term, more money. Do you move Clay right now while he's still, like, decent and there's teams, I think, out there that maybe take a chance on him? You know, he's still a great shooter. Um if you kind of just tone down the type of shots he's taking, I think in the Warriors offense, he's kind of free to take any shot he wants. And that's just not, I think not what he needs to do right now in his career. Do you see the Warriors maybe trying to move Clay or is it just too tough? You know, he's won championships with them. I don't think the Warriors trade Clay Thompson. I think he walks and I think they're just okay with him walking. And I don't, cause I, first of all, I look at other teams and I'm like, who really wants Clay Thompson? Who would give up pieces? for Clay Thompson at this point. Like to me, that's, and you got to pay him and you know, he like Clay, all due respect is a great champion, easily the most irritable, unlikable point in his career at this point. <laughs> he is, he's like, he thinks he's so good at this point, And he's like, I deserve all this money that I'm going to get. And the reality is the production on the court is just not that right now. So. Yeah. Um, I even saw people get real crazy. I don't think this is possible, but could you imagine a world where Steph Curry is not playing for the Warriors? Well, I called WFAN and I said, 
No. <laughs> uh, I don't see it. Um, can I imagine it? Sure. I mean, anything's possible, but it, it I don't really see. He's 35, so it's like coming down. I mean, he's still really good. He's averaging 29 points a game. If I'm Golden State, I'm doing whatever it takes just to keep him there. And whether if it's moving off of Draymond and Clay and getting two new people, like we said, making moves like Laurie Markinen, they're too small. They're too old. Yeah. And they're young talent. They really need to, they needed to nail those picks and they just didn't. Do you think, I mean, I think they're going to still try, but I mean, right now they don't look like a playoff team. No. Do you think they're you think they're better off just missing the playoffs? Maybe just trying. For um, it? no, I still think they should compete because I think when you have Steph Curry at this point in his career, you try whatever it takes just to capitalize off that. Um, it's still early, you know. I, who knows if Houston's going to continue playing this well? Who knows if Dallas is going to continue playing this well? Phoenix is a Kevin Durant injury from being a freaking disaster. Um, anything could happen. Um, the Pelicans, like I said, I don't trust them. Um. There, I'm not ruling them out. Not with Steph Curry. I, I just don't. I just can't. And Draymond probably will be back in 2024. Probably, we'll see. <laughs> um, if I'm him though, like, like if I'm Golden State, and this is weird, but I think I'd rather keep Draymond over Clay. Um, despite his head case issues, I just think Draymond is super important. And Charles Barkley said, uh, recently, I think it was on Dan Patrick's show. How, you know, Draymond's doing this because he's just not as good anymore. But that's not really the case. Like, Draymond's very important to that Golden State Warrior team. He just is. And he was doing this. He's been doing this since the start of their run. Just, just, yeah. And you know what? He just, he's been ejected. Like, he's just been, he hasn't been valuable for that reason because he's, he's so valuable to that team. And the reason why it's so bad is because he's been ejected and missed games constantly because of his behavior. And it's, it's a bad look. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what the league, if the Warriors, what they do uh, once they decide what their suspension, what the full punishment is going to be. As of now, he's just suspended indefinitely. I'd like to thank James Boyces for coming back on the Truish Who's podcast. If you haven't already, like, share, subscribe to the video. You can also check out the JB podcast. Everything, all the information will be in the description. I'd like to thank you for watching the video, tuning into the episode. We'll be back next week on episode of Truish Hoops. Thanks, James. Thank you.